0: and his dad was in the bible college take your bibles turn over to psalm 57 for just a little bit psalm chapter 57. it's always a blessing for me to see somebody i grew up with serving the lord after all these years amen that didn't buy into the lies of Satan, that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. If the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, it's probably because it's grown over a septic tank. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Psalm 57. Stand with me, please. How many, of y'all, how many of y'all think I can preach in 25 minutes? Raise oh, your man. hand. All right. <clears throat> I didn't say I was going to, I just wanted to ask if you thought I could. <laughs> Psalm 57, verse number 7. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. I want to preach on that little statement for just a little bit tonight. My heart is fixed. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the time tonight in the Word. Thank you for what we've already heard. Lord, the singing and the prayer time. And Lord, the exhortation from Brother Caudle. Lord, what a blessing to see how you're using him and his wife to be an encouragement and a blessing to church planners, And Lord, I know from personal experience what a blessing it is to have somebody come along and help. I pray that you bless them in their ministry. Bless the time here just a few minutes around the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. If you want to get the context of this story or this this psalm, it should be right there under where, where it says, Psalm 57, my Bible says, when he fled from Saul in the cave. Is that what your Bible says? Yes, well, we don't, have to, we don't have to guess what that's about. That's over in 1 Samuel chapter 22. We're not, we'll turn over there. But uh, he was probably in a lot of caves uh, when he was fleeing from Saul. But in this story, uh, there are several things that I want to notice tonight. I'm just going to hit the highlights. We're going to look at four things by way of introduction, and I'm going to give you a quick Four points on how he was able to say in verse number seven, my heart is fixed. But in this story, we find that David has fled from the cave as he's encountering Saul. You know the story. Saul was after David. His armies were after David. They were chasing him all over the country. I've had the privilege over in the Holy Land to go up in some of those little caves and some of those little uh, gullies where David was hiding from Saul. And uh, what an amazing place it is to stand there and see some of these places over there where David wrote some of these Psalms. But four things I noticed by way of introduction tonight. We want you to notice first of all the troubles that he faced. The troubles that he faced. He said in verse number one, be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings while I uh, make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. David was experiencing just one traumatic trial after another. Any one of these would have taken the average person completely out of the fight. But here he is. He's a target of a nationwide manhunt from a man that was it's eat up with jealousy and envy. David, as you know, had killed Goliath. After he finished killing Goliath, he cut off his head, brought the head to Saul. The Bible says in the next chapter that the people began to sing and dance in the streets. Saul hath killed his thousands, David his ten thousands. The Bible says from that time forward, from that day forward, Saul began to eye David. And in no less than two places, the Bible says that Saul lifted up his hand with a javelin and tried to take the life of David. David was being hunted, By a man that was just bitter and eat up with envy and jealousy. David was a good man. David had loved. King Saul. The Bible says he loved him. The Bible tells us that he was his armor bearer, a king that he had tried his best to serve and be a blessing to, played the harp, and God had used him to help lift that evil spirit off of David. David had been separated from his best friend, Jonathan, and was forbidden from being able to be with him. Again, any one of these things would have taken the average person just completely out of the fight, but David's dealing with all these troubles. He's dealing with all these trials. He had to leave his wife in the bed to sneak out the window to flee for his life in the middle of the night. As we know, he had been appointed by God to be the next king, and yet here he is being treated like a th- like a criminal, treated like a like a like a thug, treated like someone that had done something horrible when he hadn't. And his refuge, this little cave, had been invaded. Several places where he finds himself hiding. He had been that very place where he was hiding from Saul had been infiltrated by Saul and by his army. Is that even in the middle of the night, he had to fear for his life. And even when he had the opportunity to kill Saul and he cut off a little piece of his garment, uh, he didn't kill Saul, but he could have. And yet he still didn't get any credit for it. I guess what I'm saying is he says in verse number one, until these calamities be overpassed. I don't think we can even begin to comprehend the magnitude of the calamities that David is referencing in this verse. The troubles that he faced. Mark this down. No matter what it is you go through, somebody's been through a whole lot worse. I mean a whole lot worse. We see the troubles that he faced in verse number one. In verse number four, we see the terrors that he feared. Look at what he says in verse four. My soul is among lions. Imagine how terrifying that had to have been. And I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Boy, as I begin to think about verse number 4, I'm trying to figure out who it is David's talking about because he was in this cave in Adullam in 1 Samuel chapter number 22. You don't have to turn over there. But while he was in there hiding from Saul, the Bible tells us that everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt And everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. Could you imagine the caliber of men that surrounded him? Here he is running from all these people. He's running from these people that are trying to kill him. He's running from a man that has spread lies about all over the country. He's got a price on his head. Then he goes and hides in this cave. And every loser in the country piles up in there on top of him. He says, my my soul is among lions in verse number four. And I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. They were all liars. They were all so in discord. They were all spreading lies on him. They were making accusations against him. They were trying to destroy him with their words. I mean, this is the people he's around in verse number four. Thirdly, we notice in verse number six, the traps that they laid for his feet. The Bible says in verse six, they prepared a net for my steps, my soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me. Could you imagine how vulnerable David must have felt? He couldn't take a single step without having to look for the traps and look for those people to betray him, people that were trying to kill him, people that would run and tell Saul where he was. He said in 1 Samuel chapter number 20 and in verse number 3, he said there is but one step between me and death you imagine living under that kind of pressure? I feel that way sometimes when I'm driving on the beltway. I feel like I'm literally about 100 feet from getting killed. People changing lanes. People texting with their phone down in their lap. It's unbelievable. Driving 40 miles an hour on the interstate. What's wrong with people? Where I come from, you should have to worry about people speeding. Up here, they're driving 20 miles below the speed limit in the passing lane. Come on, y'all. One step between me and death. David says they laid traps for my feet. Every step was being watched. Every move he made was be, and being anticipated. If you've ever been over there, as I was talking about being over there in that in the, up in those little uh, those little canyons and those little gullies, uh, Brothers, uh, Daniel, know what I'm talking about? Where those rivers run off top of that mountain and form those little uh, those little rivers that run down to the sea there. And all I mean, there's little. I mean, you can't hardly see them. When you could drive right by them and not even see them. Uh, they're just so they're so narrow. But they go way up in there. But could you imagine being up in there hiding and knowing that every step you take, there could be an, an enemy right around the corner waiting to kill you. And this was the life that he was living in. The traps that they had set for his feet, they were trying to trip him. They were trying to catch him. They were trying to cause him to stumble and fall. Now you and I, if you've got lost family church members, if you've got lost family members and you go sit at, at their house for a, a Thanksgiving dinner, you know what I'm talking about. How many of you know what I'm talking about for your family to lay traps for you? Huh? Trying to trying to trying to trip you up and ask you questions, try to catch you, and try to c- catch you when you're vulnerable and ask you a question you don't know really the answer to, and you just feel like you're always being hounded, feel like you're always being chased, feel like you're always being trapped and backed up in the corner. Man, imagine what David was going through. But then, number four, we see in verse number seven the testimony of his faith. In the middle of all this, David was able to say, My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. That word fixed means, means to be firm. It means to be stable. It means to be established. It means to be secure. What a testimony to be able to say in the middle of all this, in these trials and in these troubles and in these terrifying things that he's dealing with, to be able to testify, my heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. We need church members like that today. We need Christians like that today that don't allow the things around them to dictate their relationship and their fellowship with God. I begin to read this chapter, and there's several things I noticed about David that I believe helped him be able to get to this place. He was able to say what he said in verse number 7 because of several things. I had a long list. I narrowed them down to just four. Let me give them to you quickly. Number 1, look at what it says in verse number 1. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings, while I make my refuge, number one, he was able to say, My heart is fixed because of a shadow that protected him. I thank God for a place to crawl up under, a place to just get out of the way and get up under and hide up under his wing. I remember a few years ago, I say a few years ago, it's been a while back now. It's actually been a long time now that I think about it. Boy, time flies, don't it? Nine plus four, what's that? 13 years ago. 13 years ago, I went through the worst valley I've ever been through in my life spiritually. Mom. I used to laugh at people talked about being depressed. And I didn't laugh to their face. I'd nod and say, bless your heart. But in my mind, I'm thinking, what a loser. Until it was me. Right. Right. Until it was me that went down through the deep, deep valley of depression and discouragement and I couldn't shake it to save my life. And that's not my personality. That's just not me. I, that's not where I want to live, amen. I mean, I'm the kind of person, when I get in a hole, I stop digging. Can I get a witness? I know some people just keep on digging, amen. I look, for, I look for a way to get out of there. But I went down in a valley, and I was down in that valley for several, several months. I found myself in my bedroom with the door shut, and I'd pull the curtains to, and I'd get in the bed pull the cover over my head. Just trying to find somewhere to get where I'm... Could quit thinking about all the people that was after me and all the stuff that was going on in my life. But can I tell you something? They ain't made a bedspread yet to outdo what God's shadowing wing can do. The best place you can do, best place you can get is just get right up under his wing. I mean, get as close to him as you can. And David referenced that in verse number one, the shadow of thy wings. Just hide up under him. Get as close to him as you can get. You can't get much closer than getting up under the wings. That's as close as you can get right there. I mean, you're you're in his embrace. You're in his protection. You're in that place there where uh, the the, the God of heaven is able to protect you and shield you and do something that you can't do. Think about this. David, a warrior, a fighter, a young man that ran toward Goliath, ran toward him with a sling and said, I'm going to take your head off. David, the man that the Saul said, bring me a hundred foreskins of the Philistines and you can marry my daughter. And he brought him 200. <laughs> she was either real pretty or he couldn't count, one of the two. We're talking about that David. We're talking about the David that was such a warrior and such a fighter that God said, I'm not even going to let you build the temple because you're a man of war and a man of blood. And yet this man in this position found himself so weak and frail and vulnerable that the only place he knew to go was to get up under the wings of the Almighty. You know how to get your heart fixed when the problems are going on? Just get close to God. Just get as close to God as you can. Some people make the terrible mistake when they're going through difficult times. They abandon God. They abandon the church. They abandon the people of God. They get as far away from the flock and from where God's working and God's moving as they can. Best place you can be is right here. Best place you can be is on your knees in your prayer closet. Best place you can be is in your Bible. And I'll tell you, your heart will be fixed when you're going through those difficult times. If you'll have enough sense, to just get up under his wing, amen shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. It was because he had a shadow that protected. Number two, he had a spirit that prayed. Look at verse number two. I will cry unto God most high. Well, that sure beats talking to all your neighbors. That sure beats talking to all your friends. That sure beats talking to all of your Facebook buddies. Come on now. Cry out to God. Can I tell you why a lot of people's heart's not fixed? They don't ever pray. It is hard. It is hard to stay right with God. It is hard for your faith not to wobble and waver if you don't ever spend any time on your face talking to God. I mean, turn the phone off. Turn television off. Go in the room and shut the door and get away from everybody. And you get out and pray. You said, I've tried that. It didn't work. You didn't pray long enough. Come on now. Don't put the time. Don't set an alarm. Siri, stop me after five minutes. No, don't do that. You get in there and pray. And agonize in prayer. You know what David did? He cried out to God. How was he able to say, my heart is fixed in verse number seven? Because in verse number two, he had a heart and a soul and a spirit that was crying out to God. God's a God that listens to His children when they when they call out to Him. Better believe it. Just go in there and get real with God. Just go in there and get honest with God. Go in there and call out to Him, I will cry unto God, most High. He had a spirit that prayed. Thirdly, He said, "My heart is fixed because He had a sovereign that performed. Look at verse number two, "I will cry unto God." Why would, why would you cry unto God? Because he said, this is a God that performeth all things for me. Amen. He's never one time let me down. Amen. I've got some pretty good friends. I believe if I call some friends right now, 10 hours from here, if I said, I need you, I believe they'd stop what they're doing and get in their truck and head this way. I believe that. And I've got, I've got friends, if they needed me, I'd do the same thing, and I have. I've done it many times. I've also got some friends that I can't call to fix certain things because it's beyond their scope of ability. <laughs> Amen. I've called some friends and I said, what would you do if you was me? And they say, I don't know. I said, you ain't helping me none. And they said, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. What would you do? How would you fix this? I don't know. And I've had friends, my wife will tell you, I've had friends, older men of God that I've called weeping and said, what in the world can I do to fix it? And them say to me, you can't fix it. It can't get fixed. It's like, well, I appreciate the help. (laughs) My wife knows exactly what I'm talking about. I've called men of God crying. I get on my knees and I will crawl to somebody's house if I have to. You tell me what I can do to fix this. They say, it can't be fixed. So... Why don't you just go to God? That performeth, as David said, that performeth all things for me. Never once have I ever gone to God. He said, I'm sorry, buddy, I can't help you. You're on your own this time. Not once has he ever done that to me. Not once have I ever gone to him and said, I need you. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm with somebody else. Somebody else has, has got, has need, needs me more than you do. Or I'm over here. I have to get to you later. Not once has he ever done that. I'm thankful that I've got a God that I can go to, a God that can perform all things for me. He can do the impossible. That's what I like about God. He can do the impossible. He don't just do the hard things. He does the impossible things. Amen. David said, my heart is fixed because he was talking to the right one. He was talking to somebody that had no limitations whatsoever. Somebody, all right? I think a lot of times we don't want help. We just want sympathy. Right. Amen. Come on, y'all. Right. We don't want a solution. We just want somebody to say, bless your heart and pat us on the back and rub our hand. That's what we want. We don't really want help. David needed help. He called out to the God The God that performeth all things for me. Look at verse 3. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Oh, he was tapped into something way bigger than him. Amen. My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. Number four, he was able to say that because he had a song that praised Even in the dark hour. Look at what he said in verse number seven. I will sing and give praise. My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Surrounded by lions. Lying among them that are set on fire. Calamities that are surrounding him. They've prepared nets for his steps. They've digged pits before him. And he says, I'm going to sing and I'm going to give praise to God in spite of all this. I'm afraid this right here is where a lot of us fall off the turnip wagon. See, here's our problem. Stay with me now. We love God for his performance, not for his person. We get excited when he does things for us. We don't get excited about who he is. David said in verse number 8, wake up my glory. Awake. Awake psaltery and harp, I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth. Under the clouds, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. How was David able to say in verse number seven, My heart is fixed, O God? My heart is fixed. My heart is established. My heart is secure. My heart is firm. My heart is stable because David learned to praise God even when he was the only one doing it. Come on, y'all. It's easy when everybody around you is doing it. It's easy to get excited and praise God when everybody, it's easy to do it when the kids are singing. It's easy to do it when the youth choir's singing or when the adult choir is up here singing, Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. About halfway through that song, if, you, hey, if, that if that song don't move you, you need to reach over and check for a pulse. Thou, O Lord, art a strength. Boy, that choir gets to singing that. I turn about half charismatic. <laughs> I'm serious, but listen to me. You want your heart to be fixed? You'd be able to praise God and magnify God. And worship God. And think about how good he is when you're the only one in the crowd doing it. And you say, well, there ain't nothing to shout about. Shout about God. There ain't nothing to shout about. I'm in a cave. I'm surrounded by a bunch of deadbeats. I'm being chased by kings trying to kill me for no reason. I've already been anointed king of Israel. I, don't, I shouldn't be here. I don't deserve to be here. Just praise God anyway. Praise God. He had a song. He had a song. He said, I will sing. He didn't say, I'm going to try to. He said, I'm going to do it. It's amazing what God can do to lift the burdens and lift the loads when you get your mind off of yourself and you start thinking about him, how good God is. I appreciate what Brother Todd said a minute ago. It's all because of him. We can't do nothing without him. Amen. Amen. Was that you said in choir practice, Isaiah? Whose air are you breathing anyway? Is that what you said? Whose air or are you breathing anyway? Come on. God gave us the air to breathe. I'm amazed at how easily we forget how good God is. All we got to do is go through some hard times. All we got to do is get done wrong. Be misunderstood. Be lied about somebody turn against us, and all of a sudden our big old, big old huge God just gets real small. It didn't for David. And that's why he was able to say, my heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. Everything around me may be falling apart, and my heart is fixed for God. That's a good place to be. That's where we all ought to strive to be. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed this evening, Sister Hannah's coming to the piano. Altar's open if you need to come. Maybe God spoke to your heart during the service. Maybe God spoke to your heart when Brother Caldwell was up here talking about the goodness of God. Maybe during the message, God spoke to your heart. God put this service together tonight. God knew what you needed. He knew what I needed. Can you say tonight, can you say with David, My heart is fixed. My heart is steadfast. My heart is firm with God. I'm not on the fence. I'm not wobbling back and forth. The jury's still not out about whether or not I'm going to live for God and serve God. No, David said, my heart's fixed. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up out of the shadow of his wing. I'm going to call out to him. Because he's a God that can perform all things unto me, and I'm going to sing, and I'm going to praise him, and I'm going to magnify him among all the people and all the nations, because he's worthy. Can you say that tonight? Have you allowed?